to the Women's Health Wisdom and Wine podcast, a weekly conversation with practitioners, providers, patients, and healers about complex reproductive medicine and women's health challenges, the value of an integrative approach to these challenges, many of the women's health topics you're already thinking about but uncomfortable talking about, and my personal favorite, wine. I'm your host, Dr. Lorena White, an integrative reproductive medicine and women's health provider, licensed acupuncturist, clinical herbalist, and a former labor support doula in the Washington, D.C. metro area. My goal is to bring women's health-specific evidence and expertise to the forefront of daily health and wellness news through informative conversations. If you have ideas, questions, and specific topics that you would like us to cover in future podcast episodes, please leave them in the comment section or send us an email. To learn more, visit the website at www. LorenaWhite.com. As you enjoy the podcast, conversations, and wine time, please remember that this podcast is not designed to be a substitute or bona fide relationship with a licensed or certified healthcare professional. Welcome back. I hope you've had a wonderful week as we draw closer and closer to the end of the year. We're making our way through the 10 questions to ask your ob guides so that you can ensure that you're partnering with the best provider for you. So if you haven't done so already, go back to questions one through four and determine what your stance or position is on these topics. Have you done your research first? Have you asked sufficient questions? Are you getting your information from a reputable source? Are you receiving a comprehensive list of options so that you're able to make an educated decision based on your needs, wants, and desires? Based on some of the feedback we received on the previous four questions, some of you feel uncomfortable being this forthright with your provider by asking these types of questions. Sadly, this is how we got to this place in healthcare, especially women's health, power dynamics. And it's time those dynamics shift so that patients feel empowered by their provider rather than intimidated, rushed, overlooked or plain old ignored. In a partnership, both parties are agreeing to cooperate in order to advance their mutual interests. So imagine how the dynamics will shift if women shifted their care away from providers who consistently worked against their best interests. My eyes are just twinkling at the mere thought. So with no further ado, let's get to question number five. And keep in mind that these are questions that you can pose to your obstetrician gynecologist prior to the beginning of the partnership or at any time you need more clarifying information so that you can make the best decision for you and your family. So number five, do you think there is any merit in a woman giving birth without pain medication or medical intervention? Do you believe it's even possible? First things first, childbirth, the actual act of a person with a uterus bringing a baby into the world, by definition is a natural process. By placing the word natural in front of childbirth, it further separates and divides women unnecessarily. From cesarean delivery to vaginal delivery, an unmedicated intervention-free to pitocin, epidurals, statol, episiotomies, and stripping of membranes, let's work together to keep the focus on the health and well-being of the mother-baby diet. With that said, having an unmedicated childbirth is a personal choice. 
instead of creating a hierarchy among mothers-to-be, redirect that energy into ensuring that your provider is aware of your preferences and desires. Consider making a birth plan that will help you gain some clarity about how you would like your labor and delivery to proceed. Some women have legitimate fears of hospitals or needles. Others may want the most minimal of intervention possible. Others give birth at home or in a birthing center where certain interventions aren't even an option while simultaneously having the freedom to move freely in a familiar, less sterile environment. And then there are women who progress through labor so quickly, there is not time to request interventions. An unmedicated birth is not for every person and you do not owe anyone an explanation or reason for either decision you make. If you're considering an unmedicated delivery, also consider employing a professional labor and support doula. A doula will have your back during childbirth, literally. Doulas help manage the physical pain of labor, focus your breath during contractions and pushing, advocate for you with hospital staff, and so much more. For some reason, childbirth is often spoken about as if one way of doing it is better than others, when really it's about women making choices about what's best for them, their bodies, and their babies. There's nothing easy about giving birth, no matter how you choose to do it. It's called labor for a reason. It's not about being a martyr or having a perfect delivery. When it comes to your labor and delivery, lead with love and choose a provider that supports you and your wishes. Then you can't ever go wrong. Number six, asking the next question is less about you and more about them, providers, which is in essence making it about you, especially if you're a brown or black woman. If you're keeping track, this is question number six out of 10. The question is, why do you think the U.S. has the highest maternal mortality rate in the developed world? And why are maternal mortality and morbidity rates still rising? The ability to protect the health of mothers and babies in childbirth is a basic measure of a society's development. Yet every year in the U.S., about 700 to 900 women die from pregnancy or childbirth-related causes and some 65,000 women nearly die, by many measures the worst record in the developed world. More American women are dying of pregnancy-related complications than any other developed country. Only in the U.S. has the rate of women who die from these complications been rising. There's a hodgepodge of hospital protocols for managing potentially fatal complications, which, ironically, creates space for treatable complications to become fatal. Hospitals, including those with intensive care units for newborns, can be woefully unprepared for a maternal emergency. Seems like an oxymoron, right? How is this even possible? Well, here it goes. Federal and state funding show that only 6% of block grants for maternal and child health actually go to the health of mothers. In the U.S., some doctors entering the growing specialty of maternal fetal medicine are able to complete the training without ever spending time in the labor and delivery unit. While maternal mortality is significantly more common among Black women, low-income women, and women living in rural areas, pregnancy and childbirth complications kill women of every race and ethnicity, education, and income level, and in every part of the U.S. So the answer to the question is, the healthcare industry worries a lot about vulnerable little babies, meanwhile neglecting the aspects that can be catastrophic for their mothers. As we conclude this obstetric episode, our last question is, what do you think is an acceptable amount of time to be in labor before giving Pitocin to, air quote, help things along? Oxytocin is a naturally occurring hormone produced by the body during labor to induce strong, long-lasting, frequent uterine contractions. Oxytocin triggers the endorphin effect, 
which is your body's way of naturally managing pain. Oxytocin begins flowing when the cervix is relaxed and ready, usually termed as a faced or thinned and dilated opened. Just before the birth of the baby, oxytocin production peaks and floods the mother's system with this love hormone. During the golden hour, that first hour after delivery, mother's high levels of oxytocin heighten her senses, which further enhances the bonding experience. Pitocin, often referred to as the OB's wit, is a synthetic form of oxytocin administered intravenously to start uterine contractions, speed up labor, or decrease the interval between contractions. The effects of Pitocin are unpredictable and highly variable with its employee link to preventable adverse events in childbirth. With Pitocin administration, jackhammer contractions ensue due to a continuous intravenous drip that is opposite the pulsatile production of oxytocin. Intense contractions can overstimulate the uterus, stress the baby, and lead to further interventions, for instance, the most common cesarean delivery. After labor, Pitocin continues to do its work by significantly lowering oxytocin levels during breastfeeding, which complicates the breastfeeding experience. Deliberately interfering with this feedback system through the use of synthetic hormone can be a dangerous fix for the problems of a medicalized delivery. What can you do to avoid being induced or having Pitocin augmented labor? First, choose a provider with low intervention rates and higher adula. Second, stay active during your pregnancy. Third, nourish your body with labor-easing foods in late pregnancy. Fourth, keep the lights low in the labor and delivery spaces. And fifth, stay upright and active during childbirth. So this concludes question number seven. Y'all, this is honestly my favorite time of the year because I believe most people are on their best behavior, even if it is for only about 30 days. It's nice to feel the air shift a bit. And even though it's still cold outside, Somehow, I feel that people's hearts have a tendency to warm between Thanksgiving, Hanukkah, Christmas, and Kwanzaa. However you're spending the holidays, remember to take care of yourself and others. Sending you love and light as the official three-day countdown to Christmas is underway. Peace, love, and joy to you and yours. Have a Merry Christmas. Take a look at the show notes for more information about today's guest, links to the website, contact information, and social media channels. We really hope you enjoyed our conversation today. Think about one gem you can take away from this episode and apply it to your own life. Also, please take a moment to like the episode, subscribe to the channel, comment, and share with your family, friends, and colleagues. Till we meet again, remember to nourish your flourish and see you real soon. Salud!